0: for 25% off your DNA test kit.
1: We ended up in a lab and we started to create our children if you will. We call them that with love because there are products that now are a part of Love You 3.
2: Mm.
3: Or roll yourself a joint, to sit back, and learn something new about this magical plant on the Mom Show with Joyce Gerber.
2: From the Tip O'Neill Studios in North Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's the Mom Show. Now, here's your host, Joyce Gerber.
0: Welcome back to the Mom Show. I am Joyce Gerber, and we're so grateful you're here with us again today as we continue on our mission of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers, one can of story at a time. All right, Dave. I'm like a little obsessed with the Supreme Court. I can't. And you, you like to talk about this stuff. so
2: Sure. <laughs> yeah. Bring Sco- it on. Scott all right.
0: Again, people, we can fast forward if no one else was interested in this. <laughs> um. All right. So Clarence Thomas, I watched the new frontline called Clarence and Ginny Thomas, Politics, Power and the Supreme Court. And I have come to the conclusion it is really all about Clarence and Ginny's own crazy psychology that is a bringing our country to this point so quickly, mm. it is freaking me out.
2: So what What uh, new did we learn or did you learn in that piece? So far we know he's seems to be a scumbag who may be the first justice in history to become a judge just to get free stuff.
0: I think he is an individual with um, deep psychological wounds from childhood who has been benefited by affirmative action in a very nice way, but he's sort of taken it psychologically as meaning he's not enough. And whatever goes back to his own like depravity and his own abuse as a child, and then feeling rejected by the world, even though he was going through Yale and all the other things that came with being a black man of his era, and then found a way to get power through the Reagan administration because it was a shorter line. And then just being a person who needed power to justify his own psychoses, and has been elevated by the Republican Party to the point where he has so much power, he's running the country. I just, and then he marries Ginny, who's honestly a true believer in all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And he just seems like he's doing it for, and, and he knew once he got in that position that there were no limits. Yep. He knew once he was there, he was there and he could change the trajectory of whatever he wanted because he was pissed off at people and he was going to like feed his own ego. It makes me very sad.
2: It's not, a good profile for someone you want sitting on the highest court in the land. Most judges, judges Joyce, I, I used to know a lot of them in Massachusetts, and they really aren't political hacks for the most part. They really are people that get into it for the right reasons. They love the, the, the intellectual pursuit. Most of them are, are really not political creatures, at least in, in our part of the country. And so it's sad that we've got this guy.
0: Yeah. And and if that's not enough, just one more book and then I'll get off the subject. Yep. Okay. Uh, so if you all know a little bit more about this, I recommend a book about the Supreme Court to sort of understand what's hard it, with Clarence Thomas and the hard right and all the other things that are going on. And they're moving so quickly. Remember when we were incrementalists? Yep.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It used <laughs> to take generations to change things. Yeah. Not anymore. Yep. All
0: right. So it's a CNN Supreme Court correspondent. I'm going to pronounce her name wrong. Joan Bisnewick. Okay. It's called Nine Nine Black Robes.
2: Mm, Okay. There's also a great podcast. Have you ever listened to More Perfect? NPR -hmm. NPR podcasts? Yeah. It's good. Really breaks down issues in ways you can understand and all about the Supreme Court. Yeah. So I'm sorry, this this has you depressed?
0: It's just frustrating because uh, honest to God, like I know nine women who could run the Supreme Court better. (laughs) Like literally nine of my friends. So
2: We got we got three right here. That's a third of it. So on the show today,
0: lordy, lordy, lordy. All right, so let's. Enough about the Supreme Court. If you fast forwarded, let's talk about banking. So I want to talk about like Canada's banking, how it's changing, like for the positive. So I don't know if you remember back in the day when I started the podcast. It took me from September of two thousand nineteen until March of twenty twenty to open up a checking account.
2: Yeah, I remember. Yeah, sad.
0: I just got. Sad. I just opened up a new checking account with no fee with Avidia Bank.
2: Avidia. giving them a
0: free plug. (laughs) It took me 24 hours.
2: That's great. I mean, it was just a matter of time, right? There's so much money flowing in and out of this industry. They'd be fools not to. I mean, did did they think that you were going to try to deposit cash that smelled like weed or something? (laughs)
0: it's taking advantage of a new industry so whatever we're just a regular just treat us like normal people we're just a regular business just treat us like a regular business stop trying to like I don't know what they're trying to do to cannabis anyway so banking changing I don't know if you remember Mika Brown she's on here with Green Check Verified she's got a whole slew of banks that are willing to work with cannabis cannabis businesses and not make us feel like we're criminals so thank you very cool very very cool All right. And just one more thing. Before we introduce today's guest, I want to let my local listeners know we are holding the Canna Mom event on June 29th at the Boston Winery with Canna Management. The link will be in the show notes. Um, If you want to come, love to see you. There's information on how to get tickets in the show notes. And um, if you're out there and interested in hosting an event focused on moms and cannabis, reach out to me. I would love to share my Canna Mom wisdom. Excellent. Excellent, excellent. All right, Dave. I'm ready for today's guest. Thank you for talking about the Supreme Court with me again. <laughs> maybe a... next week I'll have a new topic.
2: Well, you can, you you know, the, you serve on the Supreme Court and until you you drop dead. So there's plenty of time for you to to put your p- application in. Because I'll you... be
0: on the first cannabis Supreme Court justice. That'll be awesome. Yeah, why not? All right, <laughs> I'll have to wear canna robes. All right, moving on, moving on. All right, uh, today's guest. So today's guests are two women in corporate America who are shifting their expertise and passions into cannabis wellness industry. They are best friends and the co-founders of Love U3, a wellness lifestyle brand. Their mission is to bring their customers self-care moments and feelings of well-being in a whole new way, one that is natural, nurturing, and of course, incredibly luxe. Like so many cannabis CBD products, they are giving back to their community Love you 3 is, the, is proud to support Prevent Child Abuse America, 501c3, committed to preventing child abuse and neglect because taking care of our nation's children is not just a responsibility, it is a prerogative belief of these two women share. Here today to share their personal story, their business advice, and how their products are adding value to the ever-growing health and wellness, wellness segment of the cannabis industry, please welcome Yanina Kaminsky and Melanie Simons. Welcome, ladies. Welcome. Thank you. So happy to be with you today. All right. Let's just do a quick, when I do more than one, just let's start with Melanie. Uh, just introduce your name and where you are, and we'll go back, and then we'll start diving into your story.
3: I'm Melanie Simons. I am based in the D.C. metro area. We've been in the, in the industry since 2020, and it's been a wild ride, and I'm looking forward to talking about it. Today.
0: Awesome. All right.
3: You, Nina? Yeah. Yes. Hi. Um. I also am based
1: in the D.C. area, and piggyback off of what Melanie said, so
0: we are ready to dive right in. Okay. So your friends. Let's just start where you met. Who wants to start? How did you actually meet each other, and how did you figure out that there was this sort of connection? I guess. Who wants to start? We.
3: Yeah. We met in. <laughs> yeah. We met here in the area. We happen to have a number of mutual friends who brought us together. We saw each other in various brunches and parties and events and really found that we had a very similar affinity group and also a set of similar values and goals. And I want to highlight that when we became really, really close as best friends was when we both found out we were pregnant at the same time with our respective children. And so we went through uh, the joys and pains, but mostly pains of pregnancy together and have been raising our little ones side by side.
0: Freakishly bonding experience, ladies. I understand. Okay, <laughs> all right. So, were you working? Were you working together, or were you just in a neighborhood together? How do you actually? We be? were not working together. It's just through those brunches
1: and those dinners that we started just to get to know each other better, and then we started to have one offs together. And like Melanie said, our values are just the way we were thinking about life. Just really brought us together, and then our babies. That's what also added more time, and time is a beautiful thing because we got to share that not only with each other but with our children. So that's how our friendship came to be, and it really developed into a sisterhood. And that's also how
0: Love You Three came to be. All right. So, just do you are you both still in corporate America? Were you in, and how how did that connect to your sort of cannabis understanding of cannabis, or like how you like came towards this? What you need, you start.
1: Sure, we are both still in corporate America, and okay. we foresee that in our future. And Love You Three came to be because Melanie and I both enjoy edibles, and we wanted to create a product that we felt safe taking, and something that also added extra benefits of self care, such as hyaluronic acid,
0: vitamin C. All of our products are vegan. Okay, so you okay? So you, you knew each other. You came together. You knew you had this love, and then what happened? This is always a story. What happened during COVID that made you decide this is something you were actually going to move forward with with the CBD products? Because COVID was, you were young moms. How did what what happened that helped you move decide this is a thing that you need to do?
3: Yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely what brought this all together to actually become a, a product and a brand. We were both obviously working remotely during COVID. And in the early months of COVID, probably summer of 2020, we were having a drink, socially distanced outside, getting margaritas. And uh, the way I remember it was I mentioned edible gummies that I had found through some kind of underground connection. And Yanina said that she had found some gummies through some kind of underground connection. And we both, sort of tiptoed into it with, quite frankly, a little bit of shame and embarrassment because we didn't know what the other would be thinking. And once we brought that to light, it became clear that this discomfort, the shame, but also the challenges in even acquiring products were something that we felt really strongly needed to be addressed.
0: That is hysterical. All right. So I will say, this like, this is like a whole new generation because most of the ladies are like, like, I wasn't a consumer back in the day, but you could always tell who a smoker was because it was always smoking. A cannabis smoker, you could always like eye each other across the room and then you'd bond over it. And that would be like future. But I haven't heard any like edible bonding stories, which is so funny. And that there's even shame in edibles. I mean, the smoking thing, you kind of feel like because people can smell you and whatever you think is going to happen to you when you come back. Plus, it was usually illegal. But the edible thing, that's really interesting. That's, yeah, no, that's great. That's funny. Okay, so keep going.
3: (laughs) Yeah, and with the, I mean, to your point, with the edibles, it was really a function of the fact that we had little ones. I mean, we couldn't step away and smoke. It it would be much easier to take a little jelly bear or whatever, but what we were finding was- everything was confusing. Um, The dosage was confusing. The transparency didn't exist whatsoever. Even accessibility was very challenging. And even though in the last two to three years, things have changed dramatically, both through legislation and politics and access, at the time, still in 2020, in, in our area, you couldn't get there were no dispensaries there. There was not even much of a gray market as there is today. And so we were having to meet people in back alleys and like flip something through the window and just hope that we weren't going to die. That's so interesting. So were you
0: guys smokers at all, like before the edible situation, were you guys consumers in college or did you use it in any other format or was this really your introduction to cannabis? Sure.
1: For myself, I absolutely experimented when I was younger, probably 16, 17, smoking marijuana, but then I didn't really progress down that realm. I did smoke cigarettes, if you will, but I did not smoke weed recreationally. Edibles were really my thing, because once I quit smoking, I didn't want to smoke marijuana because I just didn't want to. So then I started researching edibles. And to Melanie's point, it was a windy
0: road. I can see that. That's interesting. So and you didn't even know what the dosage was. Did you have any concept of like what the dosage should be or what you were taking?
1: At that time, not really. We would literally microdose for ourselves without even
3: understanding there was a concept of microdosing.
0: That is interesting. Yeah, and
3: I laugh when you ask that question, Joyce, because we didn't know the dosage until after the fact. So okay. we would just take a bite of something. I remember, Yanina, do you remember those, like the gummy, I don't know if they were yes. worms or strips or, or octopus. Yeah. It was like the long strings of gummy... Something, I have no idea what. And it tasted so good that we just kept eating it. And all I remember is getting a text from Yanina the next afternoon when she woke up saying that she did not handle that well. And I was in the same boat. So that's that was really the push that we needed to say, like, we can't just buy whatever. Comes in a black ziploc bag off the streets of DC. We really need to find a way. We're, we to... are grown again. When I talk, we are grown-ass professional women. Precisely. Who shouldn't
0: be like going in back alleys and trying to figure out if this weird thing that we purchased is even what it is. We
3: know how yeah. to shop.
0: It's a thing yes. we literally know how to do. So, all right, yes. that is precisely. Yeah. Wow. And, and
3: you asked us <laughs> about like should not... we dabble in smoking or anything like that, and I'll just say we're. Of we are sort of on the generational cusp of what is called, I like to call elder millennials. So, like the very <laughs> beginning of millennials or the very end of the previous generation. And so, we grew up where smoking was being banned indoors and that was not available. So, if you were going to smoke, you'd have to go outside. If it's cold or raining or hot or other people are around, it's just not. There was never a way to do it discreetly. And I'll share a secret with you and your podcast listeners. My husband didn't even know that I was consuming cannabis literally for years before we launched Love You 3. And when Yanina and I were, you know, experimenting in the lab to create our product, he still didn't know. I told him I was just going over to her house or whatever was going on. And eventually I had to ask Yanina to tell him because I knew if it was coming from me, he would be disappointed that he didn't know. But if it was coming from her, it would be like getting in on a little secret. So she broke the news
0: for me. Well, I get, and, we're, and we're bonded for life. That's just, <laughs> I, I have not actually, I've literally never heard that story. Like, that is really, so how, old, so how old are you? Just Just to get a context of like your ages. Yeah, I'm 40. Sure. And I'm 45. All right. So you're, you're, and you grew up, because I grew up at the edge of smoking. I came home smelling like smoke all the time, which I'm on a lot of conversation now, but social consumption lounges. And that's always the big issue is the smoke, the smoke. The and you grew up with the era of it being being well. Wow. All right. I could talk about this forever. All right. Let's move on to love you. I just love that story. All right. So love you three. So you are in this situation. You're both consuming weird edibles that you don't know where they're coming from and decide you're grown women, you can do better. So how did that happen? And how did you come up with the name?
3: Yeah, so I'll I'll start and Nina, can Please. fill in around the edges. We, I mean, we sat there looking at each other saying the same thing you just said, which is we're grown women. Why is this like a, a shameful thing for us, A? And B, why is it so difficult? Like this is 2020, this is not the 1800s or even the 1900s for that matter, where you can't access anything in the world online. And so the first thing I thought was we really need to get together and have sort of like my my thought was like a community salon of women like us, young mothers who maybe work, maybe don't, but live in the suburbs or in the city, doesn't matter. And we could just get together and talk about the truth about cannabis, the truth Mm -hmm. about marijuana, the truth about hemp for that matter. And we can sit around and just talk about it. And and then we thought, well, that's not really a business, is it? So we need to have something to produce and to sell. And so that's where it really started to come together as a business. And Yanina had recently been in, a, I guess you could call it a training about creating and creating ideas into reality. And that really pushed us forward. Wow. I mean, that is. Okay, again, going back to Clarence Thomas and the Supreme Court and my weird
0: obsession. You guys are in Washington. You can appreciate this. We exist. Mm-hmm. I am the generation that benefited from all that stuff. Title IX. I went to law school. My law school class was women. I mean, child care, sex, and there's all sorts of other things that aren't correct yet. But we are in the world. We exist. And we've literally raised a whole nother generation of women just like us. So here you are, businesswoman. Like, legit, you're not... My mother had to beg for a credit card. You guys are building businesses. So this is progress. And again, like so many women I talked to, you created the thing you needed. You're like, okay, why not? (laughs) I love. So you're in the business. And how did you even find your hemp? How did you figure out like this is a huge business to get into. How did you even like sort of kind of go down that path?
3: Well, the original idea was that we could make Products literally in Yanina's kitchen. She bought all of the accoutrement to create these gummies, <laughs> including the. you ever made gummies and- before? Was that like a thing? You know how to do? No, we just, no. Okay, we taught ourselves. Yeah, yeah. YouTube channels and also, I mean, websites. And that's the beauty of creating in a in a world where you can get at just about any bit of information online. But to your question, where did we get our cannabis? It was. Originally, we were going to use tinctures from, again, these sort of bootleg back alleys, the idea of getting it from a dispensary, but through somebody who had a medical card. And it was very difficult and it was extremely expensive. We could not scale by buying this retail uh, tincture that would go into our product. And so Yanina did her research and I'll let you, I'll let you say what came of that.
1: Well, thank you. Basically, to Melanie's point, we did start curating it in the kitchen. And believe it or not, Joyce, we had a huge fanfare of these small little hearts that we created. We wanted to use all natural ingredients. We did incorporate our tinctures. And unfortunately, again, we couldn't scale that. So we started to call CBD wholesale providers and what ended up happening is we ended up in a lab and we started to create our children if you will we call them that with love because there are products that we that now are a part of love you three so with that our first product is happy hour and she's our baby she has not only CBD but she has CBG which is a very powerful cannabinoid that is very good for your gut and mental health. We also added vitamin D because it was during the height of COVID and we wanted to make our products vegan so that everybody could enjoy. So that's how we began that journey. And then after that, we met with a manufacturer that taught us a great deal, Joyce, but he was a bad actor. So we stopped that relationship and then we found an amazing manufacturer based in Elkton, Virginia, Shenandoah Valley, and they're called Pure Shenandoah. And we work with them and it has been a really beautiful relationship because the hemp that they grow makes their way into our products and we are very happy to stand in partnership with them.
0: That is. All right. So you guys are... Small, but working with other small businesses, which I keep saying this should be a small industry kind of world, even though we're, I don't know. This is my other American thing. I like business. We're not free market fundamentalism. This is like small businesses need to, they don't exist like big businesses, but you guys are bonding together and trying to make this industry look different because all the big guys are just messing up. So you're working with a local farmer, or you're working with like a local hemp producer. Again, you talked a little bit about the products, just kinda like you you can kinda go through your line, like some of the things that people maybe were asking for that you created, or some of the things that you created that maybe people didn't even know they needed. Again, this is all about women and health and taking dialing it down. I keep talking about people. It's like dialing it down your anxiety. It's everyone thinks they're gonna go crazy. It's like you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna get clearer. (laughs) I don't don't know how else
3: to explain it. So you're gonna talk about that. Yeah. Your point is well taken. And speaking of dialing it down, I mean, our first product, and I'll talk about some of the others in a moment, but our first product, we really wanted something that was uplifting and elevating and uh, made you feel really good, but didn't put you to sleep or make you feel cuckoo, which is what, again, a lot of our community was telling us they wanted to avoid. And so what we did is we used the benefit of the entourage effect, combining cannabinoids together so that we had not just the Delta-8-THC, but we added CBD, which gave this kind of mellowness to it. And we added in the CBG, which is good for gut health, which we know the gut-brain connection and joy and happiness. It all goes together. But we also added um, other things that could make you feel good about taking your gummies. As you mentioned, mention, collagen, hyaluronic acid, things that are really beauty-centric. So this is a women centric brand we're not obviously exclusively for women but everything about love you 3 really speaks to women and the, to your point about things people didn't know they needed i mean a lot of people didn't know you could have these types of ingredients in a gummy and so we're true believers that you could have uh, a multiple benefit multiple benefits in one product But one of the things that we were hearing from some people, especially because we're in the Washington, D.C. area, there are a lot of government employees who still to this day, ironically, have to be drug tested and could potentially lose their clearances or their jobs if they tested positive for THC. So we created a product that is THC free. There's no THC in it, but it does contain CBD and other hemp-based ingredients for sleep. And we call it Beauty Sleep because there are other beauty-centric ingredients in it like collagen. And Beauty Sleep is one of our best sellers for that reason. It's kind of this open door to hemp if you don't want the psychoactive effects of THC. And so a lot of our customers will buy that for themselves along with some of our other products in the line but my favorite thing about beauty sleep is that a lot of our clients and customers people in our community buy it for their family members they'll buy it for their mother i have a a very close friend whose mother is a subscriber specifically for beauty sleep she said it's the only thing that has helped her sleep and she's 72 she suffers from a lot of medical challenges and she doesn't necessarily Necessarily need or want the psychoactive effects of THC, but she really values the ingredients in Beauty Sleep, and so it's one of our best sellers for that reason. That's,
0: I mean, you, you think of it like a um, a supplement. Like we take lots of vitamins for supplements. Precisely. You just think of it as a supplement. I, I, it's like again the narrative around what this product is and how it works with us, and that you're changing hearts and minds of people who maybe like it. again. I think the West Coast and East Coast are a little bit different. I live in Boston, so we have a whole other mentality. I didn't know everybody was on the pot out in California. I just didn't grow up (laughs) that way. (laughs) So there's sort of a different relationship with it. But out here, there's still that idea that you can, again, even like smoking, there's a whole different sort of mentality. So your products are accessible to people who may not even think they could access them. I like that's a really nice way to connect with people. All right. So... Oh, he's gonna. Okay, let's talk about Virginia. You're in Washington. I, you know, this is federal. This is a very strange yes. industry because it is federally illegal. It's each state has their own special weird rules, and each municipality within their own state has their own state rules. And it's being influenced in a lot of weird ways by policymakers who don't understand it. And I also talk about how this is really a, the Venn diagram. The hempiest farmer, conservative farmer in Arkansas wants to grow hemp, right? And mm-hmm everyone else can feel wellness. I mean, it's like everybody can be impacted by this, but who's the policymakers who are trying to make it so difficult? So are you involved with Virginia? I know you're working with a hemp farmer. They probably have
3: their own issues. Are you working at, at that level any place? Oh, I mean, this is a whole can of worms, choice. I mean, we could have a four and a half hour podcast just on this topic, as you all well know, know, but <laughs> Virginia is really, it's a really, really hard time right now. So Virginia was one of the pioneers in legalizing hemp growing and hemp-based business for farmers back in 2018 with the Farm Bill, and so our growers, Pure Shenandoah, have been front on the front lines of that all along, and we're really proud to work with them for that reason. But there's a a, a new sheriff in town, and our governor in the state of Virginia has basically banned or illegalized Delta-8, which comes from hemp, and has made it very, very difficult to grow, produce, and sell hemp-based products in the state of Virginia. So it's this, to your point, very strange. It's this marijuana is federally illegal, but state-by-state legal. Meanwhile, Hemp-based Delta-8 THC is federally legal, but state by state is making it illegal. And it's very frustrating because it's all just political theater, in my opinion. Um, it is silly games. And I would love to hear your psychoanalysis hot take on Glenn Youngkin, the way you did on Clarence Thomas, because I think they got cut yeah. from the same thought, quite frankly. But the bottom line is we are, again, of a generation that pivots. And so we are finding... Ways to work around these new legislations while we also fight for what's right at the same time, and it is a lot of work, it is a lot of effort, and it's extremely expensive. But we can't stop because now people need us. Oh yeah, you can be both,
0: and oh, I'm proud to hear that you're doing that again. I think it's oil. I don't know what is going on. I don't understand. i mean, I've been in politics. I like all this stuff, but who's paying them off? And I mean, if it's all literally coming back from Clarence. Thomas deciding that the world has to be like in his image because he's mad about affirmative action. <laughs> I don't know, but there's just too much money. Citizens United, all this stuff is just wackadoodle. And hemp and cannabis are universal. And we were, we live in the anomaly of history. That's what I don't think they understand. We literally are in the anomaly of history. They are using this as a weapon. We could be using yes. it as a tool. Yes. Was, I mean, from our entire history, I've heard some very interesting lectures on this, just literally from 1619. like. The idea, like how it's kind of built into the culture of what has happened to this country and how we've used hemp for so long. And then it was used as a weapon for so long to, for the same means of just really keeping some people down and building up oil and paper. So
3: it frustrates me. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we're not alone. you are not alone. And I would just I mean, I know this <laughs> we could. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) political piece of it, and that's not the intent of your podcast. But uh, to me, it's—I mean, this is in at least in the state of Virginia, hemp is no different than gay rights or trans rights, for that matter. It's just a, in my opinion, an arbitrary dog whistle that somebody picked that um, proofed well in the polls or the the market and marketing circles, and it's being used as a. You know, catch all for quite frankly religious and far right political agendas. It's frustrating. All right, we're gonna fix that. All right, let's come back to something happier. Children, you have children.
0: You're a moms, so your kids are. They're. Well, just tell me the ages of your children. Yeah, they're six. Our our little ones are six. Six. And do you have someone? You need, did someone have an older child too? I have an older one. He is okay. twenty two. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So, but the bonding was over the six year old. All right. So, oh, the 22 year old, that must have been interesting. So, how, <laughs> when you, I have my own story. When you started, when you got into this industry and you were starting to talk about this, what was his, uh, what's your son? A son? My, my son? My son, Lamb. Yeah. Yeah. What was his relationship with cannabis? Did you have to talk about this? And what, with your own, can you see, obviously, you have a child who's much younger who's just, you're normalizing it. So, what's the difference sure. in the conversation?
1: Absolutely. So when we started Love You 3, from my experience with Eugene, that's my youngest, we basically would just, I would speak to him as this is mommy. We don't touch it. And this is for mommy. And he was fine with it. Like he understood. And this is something for mommy. And this would be like your vitamin, something of that sort. So to this day, I never feel worried that he would take my gummy because he knows that that is not for him is it accessible to him, Joyce? No, it's not. But if it ever, if he did ever stumble upon it, he would not take it. Regarding my older son, he was so happy for Melanie and I, and he was like, go, go, go. Yeah, I I, I think I will leave his relationship with marijuana to him. I- and <laughs> if, if he was, if he was here, he could speak for it himself. But he has been a 100- hundred, supportive of our company. He thinks that it's amazing. One of the items that he's always called out to Melanie and I is the QR code on the back of each of our products. We want our consumer to know exactly what's in their product. So that takes them to the certificate of analysis, which is really the Northern star for us in regards to what brought Love You Three to life. It's transparency. It's knowing what you are putting into your body and really enjoying that moment. So you don't have to be scared of, oh my gosh, is this gonna take me down some kind of whirlwind? And, and with our products as well, you can microdose. So if you're new to edibles, you take a small bite, you see how it feels, and then you take the journey in your own way. So we... so. In short, my children know yeah. very well about
0: Love You Three. They're both very excited, and Melanie, on to and, the- they, and 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 you know about and they, you talk about again. You talk a little bit about the shame, like you don't know, you don't have any shame with your six-year-old. They know it's a whole different ballgame with them. That's interesting, and
3: yeah, Melanie. Yeah, I, I, I mean, everything you Nina articulated is. Spot on. Our kids are growing up in an environment where all things are open for discussion and we're not hiding anything from them. I mean, once Yanina told my husband what we were doing, I had no more secrets. So it was, (laughs) 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 yeah. (laughs) So, so yeah, I mean, we are very serious about providing our products in containers and packaging that is Child resistant, um, especially for those who select it. We have multiple different packages for for different products, so that we can keep our kids safe. But we also think it's important to have these conversations and keep it front of mind. That's interesting. Do you guys talk about this at the PTA? Are you like involved at that level? Well, I'll speak. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily involved in a PTA, but there are in the area where I live, a lot of different organizations for working parents, for mothers, for entrepreneur mothers. I mean, it's a it's a great community overall, but also there's a really tight-knit community for parents. And one of the things that I have found is a lot of really nice grassroots success in selling our product just by mentioning it. (laughs) Because everyone is wondering how to get something that tastes good, feels good. And that they can feel comfortable with and knowing your neighbor or a friend or another mom from the soccer team who has created this and who takes it and uses it in her daily life. And seems like a happy, functioning human being and isn't like sleeping
0: on the sidelines. Again, we have to present. We have to be there to exist. And you're doing that. That is is awesome. I love that. Again, just by being there and having these products, you're changing hearts and minds of people and a very strong, that's a very strong connection. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good for you. All right. Um, we're running out of time and Dave has a hard stop. So I'm not going to keep talking. So tell my uh, listeners, how can they find these products? Uh, what state are they in? All these different things that they need to know if they want to reach you and find them.
3: So the best way to find us is through our e commerce site, which is simply loveyouth3.com. Happy to tell you about where that name came from. But the bottom line is you can find us by Googling loveyouth3. You can go directly to our site, loveyou3.com. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and just about any other social media location as well. And we sell products in all 50 states. Of course, our Delta-8 THC is restricted in certain states and those states are listed on our website. So you know exactly what you can get and where you can get it, and we are almost exclusively e-commerce based. Anyhow, so everybody who wants a piece of this can go right to our website. We often run promotions, and we have an email newsletter as well. If you're ever looking to find out when we have new products coming out, and of course that'll all be in the show notes because that is just
0: wonderful. Oh my God, these are this is a really fun conversation. I haven't met both of you. I really met you, Nina. So this is great and. Anita, people want to reach you personally. I want to connect with you. What's the best way to connect with
3: you?
1: They can definitely connect with us. We have a website. It, it is, hello, Melanie, what is our website?
3: Our, so if you go to our website, loveyou3.com, you can oh, reach us directly yeah. yes. from there. We have okay. a lot of different ways to contact us. We also love for people to reach out to us directly through DMs on our Instagram, which is just loveyou 3 Self-care and you can also email us anytime at hello love at loveyou 3com Thanks
0: thank you. Thank you, ladies. Thank you for joining <laughs> me today. And before we get off, I just forgot to mention at the top of the show, and I'm just gonna give myself a plug. So MJ BizCon, it's coming up in November. I would love to have the Can and Mom Show be one of the MJ Award winners this year, or at least be nominated. So I'm gonna put the link in the show notes, gonna do some promotion. I think you have to vote by July. So if you think we're good and we should go to a fancy event and I could dress up, vote for us, the Cannon Mom Show for the MJ Awards. So that was <laughs> my little plug for me. Where well, right, you so- have our vote. <laughs> Thank you, ladies. All right. So another show. So again, for my li- for my guests, Janina and Melanie. we had a great show, great talk about their company. We're looking forward to trying their products. I haven't tried them yet. And for my Cannabro, David Yaz, and of course, our mom Show team, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Mom Show, where we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on the emerging cannabis industry by sharing and preserving their stories of love, kindness, wisdom, and hope. Thank you for listening and sharing the amazing stories of the women breaking barriers, building businesses in this new industry, so together we can crush the stigma around cannabis and caregivers. I'm your host, Joyce Gerber. This is the Cannon Mom Show, and we are a production of Pod 617, the Boston podcast network.
3: Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows.
4: Cannabis Health Radio is a podcast about stories from people around the world who abused cannabis to deal with serious ailments, many of them life-threatening. My name is Ian Jessup. My co-host, Corey Yelland, is no stranger to the devastating emotional impact faced by so many people receiving a death sentence diagnosis from a doctor. Told she only had months to live with anal canal cancer, Corey researched and immediately began using cannabis oil to eliminate her cancer and has been cancer-free for more than a decade. She told herself that if it worked, she would spend the rest of her life helping others, which she does tirelessly every day. When you listen to our podcast, you'll hear many stories like Corey's, along with others who have used cannabis oil for many more ailments besides cancer, such as chronic pain, PTSD, MS, and many, many more. As one of our guests said,